who are you? How deep does this go? Don't give up on the sun. Don't make the sun insert credit. The relentlessly <laughs> on-topic video game talk show where every topic must reach a consensus within six minutes or the panel will face unspeakable consequences. Unspeakable. I'm Alex Jaffe, and if I had to ask any video game character to lend me $5, it would be mm. Alucard from the Castlevania series. Oh, my name is Frank Zafaldi, and if I had to ask any video game character to loan me $5, uh, it'd be Aerith, because I don't want to give it back. <laughs> oh, kaboom. Ouch. Nice. Uh, you clearly haven't played the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, not. Frank. Uh, uh, that's not canon, so. Uh, my name is Tim Rogers, and if I had to ask any video game character for $5, I don't know, man. It would be Wario, because uh, I would want uh, to ask it from somebody who had a lot that I didn't have to worry about giving it back, because that guy just has a Scrooge McDuck amount of money. And he, yeah. and he has shown himself to be charitable, right? Like he has... He has six golden coins or something. He has six golden coins. He'd give me five of them (laughs) if they're worth a dollar each. Well, I was going to say Wario, but uh, my name is Brandon Sheffield. And uh, I guess if I had to borrow five dollars from my video game character, I'd borrow it from Kazuma Kiryu. Because one of the things I like about that game, about that Yakuza series, is they're always like, oh, no, we need five million yen. Uh, to to pay this guy off, what are we what are we gonna do? And it's like a big plot point. Meanwhile, I'm walking around with 10 million yen in yeah. my pocket right now. So uh, yeah, I think he'd lend he'd lend me the five bucks, no problem. You you beat up like one guy. There's like a one in five chance you're gonna get like three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Just a walk around, get rich. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, the I point think the, of a... the working title of Super Mario Land Two was Super Mario Land Two Six Dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. So we've got a bunch of questions on the menu. I'm going to go through them in the order I wrote them. That makes sense. As I am wont to do. Question number one. Just in case we never get another one, what was the best GDC of all time? Oh, that's a tough question. I had a lot of good GDCs out there. Well, for um, me, I had a lot of good moments, but I don't know when they were. You know, There was that Nokia one where um, uh, John Romero was there. And uh, Tim, were you there at that time? The Nokia one? Yeah, maybe that was at E3. I thought I thought it was GDC though. Anyway, John Romero was there, and uh, and I like poked him really hard in the sh- shoulder and said, "John Romero." <laughs> 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 and then and he and he like looked at me, and then I walked away. <laughs> I don't think he remembers that that happened, but um, <laughs> somehow that's a standout moment to me because I just I think I He's didn't probably realize had stranger things happen in his life. Probably, I'm sure. I I. I wasn't quite at the point of my life where I realized that everyone's a human being yet. Um, oh, yeah. So I... So this is early GDC for you. Early, yeah, this is like 2002 or three. Wow. I'm yeah. still living there. In uh, 2002 th- or 2003? No, in the idea that not everybody's a person. Ah. Uh, um, mm. there, was a, there was a GDC where they had a CRI middleware. This is also like 2002. CRI middleware had an OutRun 2 cabinet on the show floor that people could play and no one was playing it. And I played outrun two um, for like an hour. <laughs> That's <laughs> that pretty was, good. That was really good. Actually, uh, that reminds me of uh, a gameplay thing. I did at uh, GDC, which is that um, 
Machinarium was uh, playable oh, for yeah. the first time. And, you know, like Outrun 2, no one was playing it. And uh, I really liked, Brandon, you know the previous title. What was it? Was it Samaros? Uh, or is that the developer? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, I, th- I think Samaros was the previous one. There, yeah, I, Bo- I, I, Botanicula might have been before that. No, I think that was after. So, yeah, I, 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 I knew three. his work and liked it and his new game was on the floor and no one was playing it and it was me and um i think it was ian adams who you know uh, brandon um i think he and i just stood there and played through the whole game while he watched and uh we we kept being apologetic like should we stop and he's like no it's good play testing like go for it so that was Uh, a fun moment but i unfortunately have to inform you i'm 90 percent sure that was pax ah Uh oh oh you're right oh you (laughs) <laughs> but that's when PAX was good, right? So, right, right. Like, you can see how I would confuse the event. Yeah. You're right, though. <laughs> it's all the same. Only the names have changed. There was that time that Iwata gave us all a copy of Brain Age. Oh, that was very good. Brain Age. Yeah. Brain Age. There was a time when a um, friend of the show, Christopher Woodard, um, went to like some, he went to some event that it was like a Samsung thing or something. And I was like, why are you going to that? And he's like, I don't know. It seems good. And then everyone there got a um, an HD TV <laughs> when nobody had one. Like well, those for what were, it's those worth, still that new. HD TV is probably the sort you would just find on the side of the road today. Oh, so of course, it's probably not a good one anymore. It was like twenty <laughs> inches wide, also um, as an HD TV. So Vince Diamante got a free HD TV. Oh, that was E3, wasn't it? Man, I've never gotten a free. Yeah, HD that was E3. TV. Oh no, was this E3 too? Oh, crap. Oh, no. I remember oh, no. telling you all about the time when I got a, a, I wanted to buy an HDTV and I was working literally at Sony and I, I went through this labyrinth of paperwork to get the, the god darn uh, employee discount, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was like $200 more than it would have cost to just buy it at the electronics store. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I did in the end. That's, that's pretty good. good GDC. That's my, that's my HDTV <laughs> look. That's my GDC story. You know, I never went to a GDC until the GDC 2010. That was the first one I ever went to. Oh, is that right? Wow. Yeah, I was. Uh, I kind of missed a whole bunch of them. There was I, my I was first. Elsewhere. My first GDC, I went with. Um, I wound up meeting the Cappy folks outside of the show. Um, they were at that time called OK Fun, and they were trying to pitch a game about free falling. Because and they're like, nobody's ever made a game about free falling. And I was like, there's actually a game on the Nuon. It's about free falling. <laughs> and they're like, what is that? I don't believe you. And uh, the new one. Yeah. Then they looked it up and it sure did exist. And then they were like, I guess we're not going to make that. Um, <laughs> and uh, Chris Petrowski, who is the who was the creative director of uh, Cappy, he was there and he had gotten all hopped up on beers. And uh, we were walking back from GDC to the parking lot and he uh, there were a bunch of people coming out of an opera house and he was like, you people are all rich. You're all bourgeois. And then he uh, fell over into the bushes. Nice. That was pretty good. It's like cartoon drinking behavior. It absolutely was. There, being of cartoon drinking behavior, there was the time where Tim, you were there for this, um, but you actually didn't see this happening because you were still inside. Christine Love and you and I and Motohiro Kawashima had dinner or like a snack or whatever in of a late evening and a snack, uh, yeah yeah and uh christine and i went outside before everybody else and we were standing out there and this uh comic book drunk salary man was coming down the street and he saw us 
and did like a double take and then crossed the street and then uh, flipped over the barrier (laughs) on the other side of the street, uh, all the while keeping like full eyes locked on us. Like uh, we were going to steal his wallet or something. So that that was the um, GDC. GDC stories. I should mention before we move on that GDC stands for Game Developers Conference, and it's basically E3 for grownups. Uh, Question number two. Some other time, Brandon and I get to talk about the game connection where uh, we were the only journalists there ever, and we confused all the indie (laughs) devs and exposed Tose to the world for the first time. Oh, yeah, that ruled. I forgot about that. Yeah, we'll do that some other time. All right. Uh, You want to do one more minute on that? You can just explain it. Yeah, I can add a minute. Yeah, so there was um, an event that probably still exists uh, put out put on by a French company called Game Connection, and the idea was that it was speed dating between game developers and game publishers. And uh, Brandon and I started attending in mean, 2005, 2006, something like that, as reporters, and we were. I'm pretty sure the only reporters covering Game Connection. So every developer had a tiny little closed off like booth. Uh, that they could actually close the door on and stuff like for private meetings that they would schedule with publishers. And so Brandon and I would just kind of randomly popped into these developers that we didn't know at all. And we're like, hello, <laughs> we work for Gama Sutra. What do you do? And like, we saw all these weird DS prototypes that no one's ever seen be- like since then, other than the one that we accidentally got signed because we talked about it. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we met Tose for the first time. No one knew who Tose was at that time. So it was like, so how many people do you employ? And they're like, 2,000. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't we go in because they they had like a list of titles they'd worked on. And it was and it was like Sasuke versus Commander, uh, Final Fantasy, or like Resident Evil 6, or 5 probably at the time. And we were like... They they had titles spanning decades, and we were like, "How could we n- not know this company that worked on?" No, it, w- it wasn't that we saw the titles ahead of time. It was that the game connection guys were like, "You should talk to these guys." They didn't ah. tell us why, and we went I in, see. and they had like flyers that they wouldn't let us take. I think they had like Resident Evil typewriters on them and stuff. Right, and like, right, yeah. The how? flyers had some stuff. Like, who are you? All right, let's go on to our next question. How deep does this go? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever caught someone lying about a game they claim to have played? I oh. feel like oh most of video game Twitter is lying about playing video games. Yeah, I think so as well. Have you ever caught someone means... So when you say caught someone, you're, you it seems like you're asking if I ever told someone, you're lying, you didn't play that game, like, to their face while they were doing it. Well, you it. don't have to tell them, but you could yeah. realize, oh, they didn't actually play this game. Oh, yeah, I mean, I see that on Twitter all the time. That's, I mean, I don't know, I just, I see, I see people say some stuff about some games... And it's like, oh, clearly this person didn't actually play this game. There's like someone will say something about a game and they'll be like, oh, this game sucks because it's like this. And then someone will go, oh, did you play the whole game? And then the person will go, you know, 10 minutes later, they'll respond with, yeah. And then, you know, they won't respond anymore. Usually that person hasn't played the whole game. They're just saying they did. But it's common these days. Have you heard someone just absolutely make something up that just wasn't in the game at all? Oh, I mean, we're talking playground. I mean, a long (laughs) time ago. In playground yeah. style, there were kids who just bring stuff up all the time. It was that was one of the primary ways that a young American boy talked about playing video games was by lying about games he had not played, mm-hmm. as though he had played them. So yeah, man. Except I never really caught anybody because I didn't know I hadn't played those games either. Right. And it wasn't until much later that I realized, oh my god, this person uh, had lied. Yeah, I can't think of moments, but I, I, I've I can recall like. 
reading a magazine after hearing a description of something that someone played that they couldn't have played and realizing, oh, they just read this magazine and then recited it to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think magazines are probably a really good place for this because there were a lot of, I wish I could think of specific examples, but there were a lot of, uh, you know, folks playing import games and being like, oh, like uh, there's that one where it was like they called Cloud Claude and Barrett <laughs> Bullet. And, and like those things are understandable, but there there was also just stuff in there that was <clears throat> the game is seven discs long and, and that that kind of stuff. I love that. That was probably EGM. If not, it was GameFan. Yeah. GameFan was the one that ran the preview that called Cloud Claude and Barrett Bullet and Eris Ialis. Uh, uh, but they that was actually, in fact, the first ever English translations of that. Right. The official Squaresoft version didn't exist at that point. Yeah, that stuff was uh, was it wasn't really that person's fault, per se. Again, mm-hmm. I can't think of examples, but I have often caught reviews uh, that clearly had only played like an hour of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a weird thing where like as someone who has released games on Steam, you see that all the people with negative reviews have played it for like 20 minutes. Well, OK, it depends because sometimes they've played it for like a thousand hours. But a lot of people have only played it for 20 minutes and then the positive reviews are like 13 hours. And, and I don't know. How do you wait those? They don't. They're exactly the same. Everyone's a liar. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those reviews of games that have just like hundreds of hours behind them where they clearly just kind of left the game running in the background just so they could say something mean about it? Oh, no, I have not. Yeah, yeah that. that's a thing. Yeah, that's huh. got to be a thing. I've, I'm, I, I feel like I've seen a couple like that. I want to go back to my initial response to this, which is that there's so many people on my Twitter timelines that are like dads with four kids who like tweet every week about the new game that they're playing that just came out and it's like no you're not playing this you 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 you're, you it's, booted it it's physically uh, impossible you're never going to play this again yeah like what how why is this how you spend your time is this some kind of public perception thing that you support games what is this i feel almost like uh, achievements were invented to thwart people from lying so gracefully about ah. video games Ooh. so that you can pop in and see somebody's achievements uh, just know they didn't play the game that far. I used to get uh, uh, people trying to friend me on Xbox Live uh, to try to expose me as a liar about video games I had said I'd played. This had actually happened before. Someone's like, you said you played Blue Dragon, but I don't see it in your Xbox achievements. And I'm like, man, uh, that's I've got I played it on the Japanese version on my Japanese account, uh, not on the one that you're a subscriber, uh, a follower of. First of all, I don't like that. It seems like people can just follow you on on Steam and just see what you're playing at all times. I don't like that. Yeah, it's I don't weird. like it either. I don't want to get caught in a. I mean, I'm not going to lie about video games I played, but I I don't want to get caught playing something. Yeah, I don't want to see everybody who's seen. I don't want everybody to see I'm still playing Crypt of the Necro Dancer. I want the freedom to lie about video games, even if I don't really yeah. want to. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I want the I want the freedom to lie about them, even if I'm not going to actually lie about them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I feel yeah. like, uh, I, I mean, I'll occasionally get like Twitter DMs like, saw you were playing Alan Wake today. It's like, what? Like, okay, I launched it to look at how it looks on my ultra wide monitor last night. You don't need to DM me on on Twitter asking me, oh, have you ever played it before? Are you enjoying it? It's one of my favorite games. That's weird, man. I don't know. Well, weird that it's one of their favorite games or weird that they see you playing it. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's weird that that it's it's easy for people to just see me playing it, and then it's weird to DM somebody about that. It's it strange, man. 
there's room for privacy within on it. Question three. What are your favorite trains in video games? Oh, baby. Hmm. I love trains. Let's talk about them. Yeah, let's. What the is the one a in good train? In Bloodstained is not my favorite train. Blood trained? Okay. Yeah, blood trained. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dead to Day Go is an obvious answer because, you know, that's that's the role playing game of of train sims where you are the train. So, I mean, that's that's an easy too easy of an answer perhaps. I'm the train. Um I'm I'm following a weird train of thought that has nothing to do with hey! but uh has oh, something baby. to do with trains. There's a really good museum around here called the Walt Disney Family Museum and in addition to their main sort of like Walt Disney's life uh exhibit that's permanent, they have a rotating temporary exhibit in another building and I went to one that was about trains it was about uh how walt disney was really into trains and built little trains in his backyard and stuff like that and something that i found funny then and still find funny now is that i think they just could not find any quotes of him talking about trains except for one quote exactly that they just had just in the most gigantic letters possible when you walked in and uh repeated on the brochure and stuff like that and the the entirety of the quote was i have always loved trains (laughs) <laughs> oh that rules <laughs> that's all they have the only thing you can get them to say about it oh uh, man well so, Walt Disney anyway. and I have one thing in common <laughs> trains yeah God, I did love y'all good watch train. that movie uh, Train to Busan oh yeah I, film. I'm aware yeah. of it I haven't seen it it's a pretty I've actually ridden a train to Busan before yeah me too it's a pretty good Zombo movie and uh, as far as those go yeah as far as those go and I think that how far do those go? <laughs> from at least from Seoul to Busan. There you go. <laughs> and, I don't know of any any zombie movies that go farther than that. Actually, that's a decent distance. Yeah, it's a big one. Some uh, mileage covered in that particular zombie movie. Oh, actually, World War Z doesn't that go f- like to Israel from America or something? I, I thought know. it was pronounced World Wars. World Wars. Uh, anyway, oh, I think no, that trains. It's World Wears, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you guys got wares here. <laughs> Zero day World Wears. <laughs> yeah. That train's pretty good, but it's not in a video game. It's maybe better than most of the video game trains. I like the train in um, Sunset Riders, just Mm. because I think it might just be the first train that I experienced. Oh, wait, I got another one. There's a game called Crosswiber for the PC Engine, which is like a a fake Sentai sort of thing where you're you're a little guy and you can transform into three different types of deal and, and you have a little transformation sequence depending on what color power up you pick up a pseudo sentai um, yeah pseudo sentai in that game level two i believe you're on a hover train that has like these little magnetized um hovery dealies underneath it and it's it's got a, like a really good like nightscape behind you and the vibe of the train is pretty cool and it's got nice music it's 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 i think that might be my favorite video game train level at least just because of the look and feel well, I mean, I know a whole bunch of trains in video games. There's a train in uh, God darn Final Fantasy VI, the ghost Thank train. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. That ghost train. It's got some good tunes there. That one's okay. You fight the train. You get to suplex the train if you want. Yeah. It comes at a very, uh, very interestingly pivotal moment in the narrative. It, it has it has weight, and uh, it, it's it's a pretty decent part of the of the game. I think Gears of War, the final level of Gears of War is on a train. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, that one's That's good. a really good train where the guy busts through a box that is full of a crate that has a bunch of boxes of Jazz Jackrabbit cereal on it, which is fun. That's on the train. 
there's uh what other what other train levels are there? I I always wondered, not always. When I was younger, I wondered if Final Fantasy VII started in a train because mm-hmm. of the popularity of the train in Final Fantasy VI. And then as I became an adult, I was like, oh, Japanese people just trains are train. a regular regular yeah. part of their life all yeah, the time. They have always loved trains. It's an easy way to make a a, a game uh, feel like uh, something familiar. Yeah. There's no getting train. off of this train we're on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I do want to slip in um The Last Express for uh painstakingly reconstructing the Orient Express based on existing photos and actually finding an abandoned train car and going in and, mm-hmm. and measuring yeah. all of its pieces and stuff. I think that is uh the ultimate uh, train game. That that is a, a a level of restoration digitally that uh, I can get behind. It's oh, the ultimate uh, train game, Jerry. Um, I don't know. We were just talking about Brain Age, and in that one, you train your brain in minutes a day. That's yeah, a train. That's, mm. that's a train. Man, I, um, I like, like waiting for and getting on the train in Persona Five because you get on at San Genjaya Station. Oh, it's not called San. I'm sorry, it's not called San Genjaya in the game. It's called Yon Genjaya. Under the wire here, which is that in Mother Three you can ride the regular train, or for like ten more dollars you can ride the green train and the green car. Song. The green <laughs> yeah. car yeah. in Japan. That's what they call the uh, the reserved seat train on any of the long nice. distance express trains. They call it the green car. There's a train in Box Revenge. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Who are you that you didn't come up with that right away? Wow, God, that's it. a shame. It's a okay, real shame. Here's a broad question. What are some simple, elegant implementations of game design that you wish were more widely copied? Simple, wow. elegant implementations. Oh, crikey, you're asking me for my for my two hundred dollar yeah. an hour rate here. Yeah, is you're, what you're you're doing. Trying, trying to open up the uh, the secret vault. <laughs> yeah, trying to, open, trying to open my box. I carry I, this. Box I got my stethoscope up to the steel door, Jerry. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I carry this box on my back every day. I broke my back carrying this box okay i'm not gonna open it up for you <laughs> when did uh when did jerry seinfeld become the fifth member of the podcast <laughs> when i moved to the upper east side jerry i mean upper west side sorry i guess I that's what, what side i was moved up to i was tim I, what are, are you are you george when you're doing that I, it, like, um, I think it's actually kramer who says jerry the most I feel but like the thing George is, says I, it I a sit lot. around and I say Jerry all the time, but I say it in Jerry's voice. What's exactly. the That's deal what's with popcorn, me. Jerry? <laughs> it feels like you're 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 Jerrying Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm Jerrying Jerry as no, my own private Jerry. He's like uh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings, where he ends his Gollum. sentences with yeah. his own name. Oh, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. Akuchi Guse, as they call that in Japanese. They actually do call it that. I just make that sounds like a word. Akuchi Guse Koo. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's leave it at that. Um, There's a uh, Hal Kelly song that's called that at the end. Oh, Hal Kelly. I like Hal Kelly. I was listening to some 90s Japanese uh, music. I made a playlist. Uh, do you want to know what's my playlist? I made a playlist of, of nostalgic 1990s Japanese music. It's, yeah, let's hear it. That's on topic. It's got some M-Flow. It's got some Aiko. It's got some Hitomi. It's nice. got some Hikaru Utada, as she's for some reason credited. It's got some Sheena Ringo. There's just a couple of name drops there. I don't not going to give you specific songs. That's my $200 an hour rate. <laughs> I know. So what are we talking about? Simple simple game design mechanics you wish were implemented more? You know what I wish was implemented more was, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking like Katamari, like those kind of controls for a character mm-hmm. in Katamari for two analog sticks. You have a whole game with just two analog sticks and it's not twin stick, you know? It's just, it's two sticks meaningfully used and it's just about the joy of movement. Joy always, of movement, man. I always wondered why they didn't do a 
Sonic game that was more like Katamari. Well, that would be fun, but also <laughs> um, <laughs> Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember when when we were talking to uh, who was it? Uh, who are we talking to at the TGS? We were talking to him about Sonic R. It wasn't Naruto um, Oshima, was it? It could it could have been Oshima um, because I don't think Yasuhara was there. So I wouldn't know Yasuhara. We were been. talking to him about Sonic, and I was like, "You know how to make a good 3D Sonic?" And he was like, "Like suddenly he just goes, uh, how? Tell me." Like he like he like suddenly uh, dropped the PR look, and he just goes, "I'm like." you want to know what you should do if you want to make a good 3d sonic game and he looked and he just like suddenly like took this serious. grave expression on his face and was like what uh, let me know <laughs> and and i said and i i held my my index finger up and i flexed it a couple times and i said give him a accelerate him with the trigger man and then i held my left index finger up and i said and then brakes with the left trigger like this like a car and he goes or no he then said you mean like a car and i said yeah, like a car, make Sonic a car. And then he goes, okay. And then, you know, that was like 15 years ago, so it's never happened. Uh, however, I didn't, I mean, uh, you know, I think that's that's a, a simple idea. Why can't we have some characters that control more like cars? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe make the jump a shoulder button. IDK, man. Like, if you want to make a 3D Sonic, that's that's a simple game design mechanic that never never moves outside of driving games. Make Sonic control like a car, right? Yeah. yeah. That's Sonic car. Yeah, Sonic car. I, I think I'm, that for Sonic, running fast straight is just something he doesn't really have to uh, think about. You know, I think he, mm -hmm. I think his brain at this point just says run and his body responds. So I think an acceleration button, it reminds me of, you know, the Arkham games where that combat really works because I think Batman is so well trained that all he has to do is think, get that one, get that guy. And then he just does a cool Batman thing. So I think it's the same thing with Sonic. You yeah, know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play those Batman games. I'm gonna do it. I got them all yeah. on my Steam. I got Sonic Arkham. Yeah, Sonic Sonic Arkham. Nice. <laughs> I saw that trailer for that new thing, that Suicide Squad game. It looks dumb as heck. I'll play that. Yeah. I don't care. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm a Moran. I'll play the heck out of it. I like their games. I'll play that one too. Yeah. I mean, I I figure why not. Okay. I'm gonna move on to the next question. All right. Here it is. Okay. Uh, let's design a brand new character for an Overwatch clone. Frank. Okay. You give me the character's design. Brandon, you give me the character's backstory. Tim, <laughs> you tell me how the character plays in-game. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Uh, are, we, are we making a good... So, first of all, is it a good Overwatch clone? Eh, or is it, it's or is it it's one, a seven. one of the many, many bad ones? It's a seven. I'm going like, to okay. say we can, we can lean into it being not that good. Like, it's, 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 it's ham-fisted, Is I think, that makes it a more fun to do possibly oh man ham fist all right so help He's me out have a ham fist. here you know I've, I've got some core ideas um shoulder pads right i think the i think that our characters should have the biggest shoulder pads in the game okay i'm kind of thinking they might be decorative they might be like statues on their shoulder or something like uh, that like, I'm, uh what i'm leaning toward actually is on each shoulder is uh that statue of Cupid that's that's a fountain where the yeah. fountain, uh, it's like the Cupid's peeing. So I think it's two shoulders that are Cupid uh, constantly peeing. Okay, what if what if the oh, and, Cupid... and you can use it as a, you can use it like uh, uh, Mario Sunshine as well. So what, you, what you if... can blast yourself up with the with the uh, urine. What if the Cupids are themselves as a baby? Oh, I see, I see. So it is like an accurate representation of this character as a baby. Yeah peeing so this okay so the character uh uh does have that type of genitalia then 
They, or, I mean, you know, they, they could have a funnel. I don't know. Uh, sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah. But I think I think it's really focused on the shoulder pads. Uh, and then for a color scheme, I'm kind of going like a like a metallic purple uh, overall okay. kind of effect. And then uh, there's a mask, but it's like a really dumb mask. It's like a V that only covers their uh, nose. So that's my design. OK, uh, I guess I got to do backstory now. Yeah. Um, give them a name or give them a name. Yeah. So I think this character was born under the sea in a seafaring vessel that was only supposed to be down there for like uh, a week, but wound up having to be down there for several years. And so Mm -hmm. their parents are like a uh, research scientist and stuff, and they know everything about fish, but also because they were the only child in the world, so far as they know, they're, they're very uh, narcissistic. And that's why they built these, these two uh, urinating statues of themselves can't spell um, narcissistic without narc yeah that's right um <laughs> and name wise their name is uh narco the narcoleptic rhino i don't know that's what i got <laughs> it's a rhino it's yeah, a narcoleptic rhino, rhino. Okay. i so mean this... it's not maybe rhino is their uh is their class um mm, it... well okay you you kind of have like a gilligan's island but underwater thing so i'm kind of thinking like skipper okay yeah Sure. Not Skip. my department, but I thought I'd contribute. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Sh- sure. Okay, there's so some... basically we got born in a submarine has shoulder pads and yeah. uh, and uh, the shoulder pads have cupids on them. That's that propel little... you up like Mario Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they're like yeah. flood. Well, you're 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 designing the characters uh, the playability now. That's good. So he can he can propel he or she. Is it a he? Who is it? I believe it's a he. Let's just go he. Let's okay. go with the he. Okay. So he's a. Uh, he can he can fly with his his cupid shoulder pads. I was just he saying can, uh, they we could they it could be a non-binary character because yeah, yeah. they they let's just let's not even bother to specify. Let's just uh, yeah. let's go yeah. ahead and uh, let's just let, say let, they. Uh, we'll figure it out out later. So uh, this 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 character can leave little cupid statues around. Okay, as a as a sort of a zone mechanic where you can uh, you can you can get invigorated by standing near the the cupid statues. Uh, so it's buffs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can get buffed and it gives you the power to jump higher. Uh, other characters can jump higher if they uh, drink in the Cupid juice. Oh, so this, this, this great. Character, this character is all about big blasting jumps, correct? Sure. Big blasting jumps, uh, kind of a jumping, so, yeah. jumping yeah. flash style jumps where when you jump, the camera automatically pans downward to mm-hmm. show the feet of the character and you can blast. Uh, you can shoot downward and if you hold the, 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 fire, the, the, the right mouse button you can you can do a zoomed in like a secondary shot. No, wait. You click the mouse wheel to enter the secondary shot, and then you can you can use a charge shot where you hold the button, and then when you let go, you can fire big globs of water down that allow you to kind of machine gun jump like in uh, Cave Story. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. so you've got a mixture of your jumping flash and also your your Cave Story. And uh, you can can fire- you accidentally power people up though if you do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. These big globs of water. No, wait, you can power up your, uh, you can leave these big globs down on the ground that if anybody walks through it, they slow down. Mm, okay. Yeah. You reckon so they you got can, a spear you, gun as well? You can splatoon people. A spear gun? Yeah, sure. Kind of an Aquaman yeah. mechanic. Yeah. You have a, a big gun with a spear that you can shoot and pull your opponent toward yourself. What yeah, are some of, like, and you them. can pull yeah. them into the slow water zone and then let them go in there and then hop <laughs> away. What yeah, are some so of you, Skipper's in-game quotes? Uh... Oh my God! Let me think. 
Well, I do want to say that let's not forget the stupid mask that is a V that only covers their nose. Uh, so I think I think as far as their emotes, they're kind of doing the the two finger V a lot. Yeah, yeah. So they might say yeah. things like V for victory. Yeah, they might no, say V, v good. Mm. <laughs> v oh no, V V fun, very fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Whenever they... they say a word that starts with V, they just shorten it down to V. <laughs> v. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then they couldn't say like vamoose or something, which <laughs> would be nice. Say v, v, and, you would have and maybe to they say v all the time. That would v be is their Smurf. Really obnoxious. Right. Yeah, that's a Ving V you've got V. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I think we've designed the hit character of the season. Uh, we're going to be right back after a short recharge. I'll be right back with my drink. Okay. I'll be right back with my drink. I'll be right here with my drink that I already have. I'm going to go leave and get a drink because I feel peer pressured. Nice. Not me. Now I run the podcast. I'm all by myself. Heh <laughs> heh. Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for our weekly question from one of our subscribers on Patreon. Are those like dirt ch- bags? Yeah. <laughs> those, <laughs> those pieces of filth who pay us for this. Ah, yeah. Uh, right. if, if you, the listener right now, would like the chance to ask your own question to the panel and get mildly insulted by Tim, you can subscribe at any level on patreon.com slash insert credit. You also get every episode one day early. And one day per- early? One day early. 24 hours. And periodical access to some exclusive bonus episodes. Mm. <laughs> he said that so salaciously. Bonus episodes. <laughs> yeah. Are the are the bonus episodes about skeletons because they're bones? Uh, a couple might be. You'll just oh, have to subscribe yeah. and find out. Are we going to ever do an all skeleton ranking episode? Oh, oh wow. we will now. Uh, skeleton. That on the chart. This week's Patreon question is from Dracula is behind you. Whoa. Oh, no, that god darn guy. He can um, stay there, Satan. They ask, what is the best overshadowed game? For example, Marathon, as overshadowed by Doom, or Suikoden 2, as by Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, interesting. Was, that, Mar- that Marathon would be... so Okay, so o- overshadowed not being... Okay, I get confused when they put Marathon in there because I was thinking Marathon is overshadowed by Halo. But um, No, but I think it's contemporary. Yeah, games, I get it now. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to go with Overshadow the Colossus and Overshadow the Hedgehog. Mm. Overshadow Watch. Yeah. Does, that's the name of the uh, the game that we just designed a character for. Oh, Overshadow uh, Watch. Um, games yeah. that are overshadowed by other games. Crikey, I feel like this is like a topic I have visited many times in my life. And for some reason, I just I can't I can't find my way back there right now. I feel like there's at least six games that got overshadowed by Dragon Quest that year. Oh, yeah. Because like that's the one that ended up defining that that sort of gelatinous genre. (laughs) I was told that that new high score show that's on Netflix when they do their RPG episode or whatever it is, they say that it started when the makers of Final Fantasy wanted to make (laughs) a game like Ultima. And uh, I've gotten about 20 Twitter DMs from angry Dragon Quest fans who were saying, do you know 
that they 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 snubbed Dragon Quest in this series. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't take personal offense at that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. In in my personal game life, uh, I I realized that Dragon Slayer: Legend of Heroes by Falcom was overshadowed by Dragon Quest because I thought that I legitimately thought Dragon Quest came before it, um, and that Dragon uh, Dragon Slayer copied it, but uh dragon slayer came out like two years or maybe w- at least one full year before dragon quest did so that interesting uh, it's like overshadowed after the fact yeah interesting. Uh, let's see best ones man there is this this is frustrating because there's so many good ones that i'm gonna think of in like 30 seconds from now mm-hmm. well we could revisit at the top doing. of the next episode as we've done in the past uh but we no, I've, i gotta i gotta but get some cheating. in here stick to yeah. the rules yeah. there you go we got to get it in there. I'm with Frank. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there, I don't know how many good games were overshadowed by like Mario and Sonic. Most of those were just copying that afterward. Yeah, I think I think every answer is going to be like contemporary. It's, it's going to be like I, the Dragon Quest example where it's uh, there is a game that became the huge breakout hit that defined the genre, but something else was trying it at the same time. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not quite contemporary, but you could kind of go like Pac-Land and then Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. That's true. But Shigeru Miyamoto cites Pac-Man, Pac-Land as a direct uh, influence on Super Mario Bros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was still uh, overshadowed. That necessarily, that does overshadow it. Yeah. Also, Pac-Land has its own problems. Nobody cares about Pac-Man's social no. life. We don't need to see Pac-Man as a, I don't know, it's paraphernalia. Mario was clean, baby. It was it was ice clean, so it Tim, deserves say, to overshadow. Pac-Man. Would you say Psyops was uh, overshadowed by a Metal Gear or similar? So I mean, see, it's hard to see. when when someone says overshadowed, you want to think that there's like an exact. I keep thinking there must be an exact game that overshadowed it, right? Right. So like to me, it's it's an example like uh, when I played the game Spartan Total Warrior at E3, and I kept telling people they should play it because it's really good. And they kept saying, isn't that just like that God of War game, which had also been announced and was at the Sony booth, like right next to the Sega booth. And uh, yeah. it's that's it's also about ancient Greece and it's an an action game. And uh, that that God of War definitely overshadowed Spartan Total Warrior because they came out right around the same time. and They both dealt with similar subject matter. So that's that's the only example I can think of. That's like there's an there's a definite a definite game that basically ruined the life of another game. When Indivisible's release schedule was being planned, initially, uh, I don't know to what extent I can talk about this, but (laughs) initially uh, there was the idea by someone that um, Indivisible and Bloodstained should come out within two weeks of each other. And both being Metroidvania, or like Vania likes. Vania um, likes? Oh my God. Coming out, yeah, sorry. Um, coming out in the same time frame from the same publisher felt like uh, rife for overshadowing. Like if that had happened, I mean, not that not that Indivisible did well anyway, but yeah. it would have done would have done worse. Um, who's the Who's the publisher that is it? Five oh five. Five oh five for both of them. That's a hard a uh, hard publisher name to remember. Didn't they publish Death Stranding on PC? And didn't they publish Control? They did. Oh, they're uh, they're they're out there. They've come a long way since the 505 Game Street days. Yeah, what does what yeah, what does the 505 mean? 
Is that their address? It was their address on Game Street back in the day. Is it an area code? What is it? (laughs) I think it's their aspiration. They're going to make 505 games and then they're done. Oh, man. Then they're out on the street. They're out. There have got to be like 5 million MMOs that were overshadowed by World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. EverQuest 2, specifically. Right. Okay. EverQuest 2, Super EverQuest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) EverQuest 4, 4 EverQuest. That's what they'd call it if they ever got that far. Oh, we got one right at the end. Nice. Good job, everyone. I call that a win. Here's question seven. Wonderful. What features should Nintendo add to the upgraded Switch model rumored for next year? Uh, A third analog stick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Uh, Make it automatically port all games to it. Give me that number three. That all game. Third analog stick, man. Well, I got some some direct. Oh, go for it, Frank. Oh, yeah. what I would like to see, and this is maybe a little silly, is I just kind of want all the parts to be a little bit better and yeah. Not, yeah. not break the games, you know? So, like, you know, a little bit faster of a CPU or whatever, a little bit better of a GPU, and it just kind of automatically makes performance better in more RAM. Games. I yeah. would really like yeah. that. Me too. And I hope that's that, what they're planning. Oh, yeah, it yeah. better be what they're planning. And uh, analog sticks that work, I mean, uh-huh. it's a, it sounds like a jerky thing to say, but, you know, I'm playing Doom 64 on this thing. And uh, I'm doing a lot of saving and loading because, you know, that game requires precision. You got to know where you're going. You got to run on the right things because there's pits and you'll die in them. And uh, if your analog stick just goes dead, it's like, well, (laughs) time to time to play over the last five minutes again. Well, Uh, even even when they work, I don't like them. Yeah, they're they're bad feeling. Well, you know, the default ones on the whatever you call the things that go on the screen. Uh, the Joy-Con. The, the Joy-Cons. I, those sticks are kind of bad. They, I, I, cannot, I cannot be precise on those sticks. Yeah, the Joy-Cons are a weird situation where to buy a pack of two of them costs literally $80, but they feel like they're little, they, they feel about as sturdy as packing peanuts when you hold them separately in your hands. And then they've got these little tiny jiggly analog sticks and those little tiny chiclet buttons. Mm-hmm. And the analog sticks notoriously break right like people uh have the, the the drifting ones and oh i got that it's uh they they gotta just clean it up a little bit and i i, I was just uh thinking earlier that the the nintendo switch is basically made out of out of parts that you could buy in bargain bins at like a night market in taiwan you yeah. know like you could you could iron man build your own nintendo switch in a cave somewhere if you if you had to that's my marvel cinematic universe reference if you had to you could build one out of a bunch of just a couple buckets of parts it's it's basically built out of i'm not sure the exact component cost but uh, just on a whim i started trying to spec out how i could build my own nintendo switch out of you don't have parts. to someone someone did that there, oh, there, did they? There, there's a really good article where someone went through uh well, putting together a nintendo switch part by part Oh, well, heck, I was doing it all uh, all by myself, and I guess I could have just Googled it. But it's like, it, how much is it? It's like 14 bucks, 15 bucks, probably. Um, he, he got it. He was doing this because he couldn't get a Switch, and it came in like 20 bucks less than than uh, buying one. Oh, weird. Weird. I mean, he had to buy some official parts, but yeah. you know, like, like the PCB, you can't just. So I guess, you know, I guess basically what I'm saying is I think they should just, uh, they, better parts would be nice from one thing, and uh, a better. I mean, if, if the Nintendo Switch's whole thing right now, if what we know is true, which I'm pretty sure it is, it's got one of those little NVIDIA, like, Tegra chips in it, right? Just could put a better yeah. chip in there, right? Yeah. 
put a better chip in there. I don't know. Put some more RAM in there. I don't know. Right. What, what's and actually just, realistic, though? I think a realistic thing is that there's no longer a difference between uh, docked and undocked mode for uh, visuals and performance. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think I mean, that's I want, actually what's going to happen. I want to see that Zelda. One thing we can all agree on is is it's missing rear touch. Probably got to get that in there. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and it unlocks all these features in Mario Odyssey where like Mario laughs because you tickle him. Yeah. Wow. Right. I want to see. Uh, I just want to see that Zelda running at like sixty FPS. Yeah, I'd play Buddy. it again. Get that, that emulator going, and you'll be good. Yeah, I mean, well, I may have already done that. <laughs> uh, however, uh, I wouldn't mind having a sixty FPS Zelda. I feel like my iPhone can probably run Zelda at sixty FPS. No offense to the Nintendo Switch. Love the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch runs Super Mario Odyssey at 60 FPS in handheld mode. Did you know this? 60 uh, FPS, Jerry. Like, uh, give me the Zelda in 60 as well. Zelda runs at like 14. Okay, it's a little, it's a little <laughs> faster than that. Maybe it's like 15, 16. I don't know. I'd like to play the Link's Awakening remake, but I cannot with its current performance level. Yeah, the, I can't do it. That's that's uh, one of the most ruinous frame rates I've ever seen. Just that's basically that's our, our, our my most requested feature is so let me play all the old games. And just keep making them. Keep making games and just make them better. Don't don't wall off. Let people who own the old Switch still play the games, the new games, right? Can't yeah. be that hard. Just make crappy versions of the games. And well, then just you make da- them run a little less. I mean, all Switch games run like crap anyway. So like, just make mm-hmm. them run correctly on the new one. Yeah. Exactly. I want that Zelda 60 FPS in my hands. And give and, me uh, a, a Zelda I where I can play Zelda. Yeah. yeah. Most importantly, um, have a button that actually shoots out the cartridge really hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I want the share button clips to. I want to be able to save video clips at 60 FPS because right now they're only 30 FPS. I could. It would make my quote unquote job. Uh, my mom doesn't believe it's a job. It would make my quote unquote job so much easier if I could compose a review of a Nintendo Switch game entirely out of those clips because that's so easy to do. Instead, I have to. I could just sit in a bed in a hotel and play games and then save clips and then label them all later. Here's question eight. Okay. What do you wish was actually meant by the term games as a service? Ooh, well, in Japanese, the word sabis means service, just means that something is free. Yeah. So when, when they bring you a, a cup of tea at the hair salon, they go, they go, they go, ocha uh, wa sabis. They the Ocha is sabi, so this tea is service. So games is service. Uh, uh, I, I I lived in a in a place geographically too long for where for which the word service just meant something is given to you complimentary uh, for free a hundred percent of the time. It's the only reason it was ever used. Uh, so I just kind of wish it meant games that were free. <laughs> the end. There you go. I like that. I like the idea of it of games servicing something else other than themselves um so oh yeah games helping other games yeah or people right so like it it could be a that that by playing this game it is a service that is that is helping people in some way i don't know what that would mean what would that look like (laughs) it's like buying the uh the itch bundle for racial justice except uh through playing games instead of through buying them somehow yeah something like that or it could be like uh, oh, like freerice.org, where you're like answering trivia questions to donate food. Yeah, something like yeah. that, right? Or or it could be that it's, uh, you know, doing all that number crunching to try to cure cancer or whatever by playing by this. Fold, yeah, fold at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or folding at home. I remember that. I folded a lot at home. Yeah. I folded my, Jerry. 
t-shirts my jeans <laughs> well that is about folding jeans really <laughs> good well, point oh yeah that's true jeans if i if i'm shooting for the moon here i just had to take my crt into a shop to be serviced it would be nice oh, yeah. if through uh through playing a video game it would just fix my tv for me <laughs> yeah good. that would be great that's clean jerry yeah, yeah. We, should, we should do that one yeah yeah let's do that one it seems that's really what easy. the new switch should do also it just it solve should repair your tv yeah to solve my problems all of them oh they should put a sorry i'm cheating going back to the last question i think they should put a stud finder in the next switch (laughs) (laughs) well if i was holding it it'd be going off all the time clown butthole.mp3 yeah blade i'm gonna need you to put another air horn in here yeah yeah um yeah games as a service i guess what it really means is it's kind of the opposite i mean so, like sort of from the perspective of a developer it means you have to consider continue creating stuff for other people but from the from the uh i guess the players are serviced by it but it, it it the i don't know the word doesn't really work right it's 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 one of those interesting things where like as a game developer myself there's a lot of kind of games that i do like to make and get jealous of when other people make a good one of but when when we're talking about games as a service where you have to constantly update things all the time and make new events and everything like that i i just can't imagine that being anything but a slog like i can't every every oh, time yeah. i've had to think about it because like gunhouse did really well in brazil for some reason just like 25 percent of all people that have played gunhouse are from or in brazil so uh hello mm. brazilians um brazil rules yeah brazil rules and so Come we thought brazil. about making a free-to-play version of Gunhouse for Brazil because um, it's the dominant model. But thinking yeah. about supporting that and maintaining it and keeping it going for years is like, please, please, no. <laughs> I would really prefer not to do yeah. such a thing. I mean, yeah. to have a game going as a service, it needs, I mean, I think you can be forgiven for not being willing to make your game uh, a service if it's not t- pulling in like billions of dollars, right? Right. I'm about to drop an image into the general chat here. I, I I was about to explain it before I dropped it, and then I thought it would be more fun to just drop it. So you ready? Be right, in the ready. general room in the Discord. Here it comes. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that's pretty good. Someone right? should explain what we're looking I'm, at. I'm okay, gonna so do it's, it. It's, oh, you do it. <laughs> oh, it's it's a. Uh, you can do it, Brandon. You can go ahead and explain uh, it. Just yeah, for those who who cannot, who those for those of you who aren't the four of us and cannot see this image. Uh, it's from Wikipedia. It says games as a service, uh, quote from unquote, Wikipedia, the free uh, encyclopedia. From Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, quote unquote, uppercase G, lowercase A, A, uppercase S, quote, re- redirects here. So gas, gas redirects here. <laughs> pretty good. So can you imagine Googling gas uh, because you want to read about and then if you look at the Wikipedia page, it says in the video game industry, games as a service, G-A-A-S. Uh, it represents uh, providing video games or game content on a continuing revenue model, similar to software as a service. Nobody so there calls it GA or SAS. Come on, yes, SAS. Yeah, what jerk decided that it was enough of a term "goss" to have to redirect on Wikipedia? Like, did what marketing person forced that into Wikipedia? They'll do anything to feel less bad about it. Games is a service at Activision. So when I hear when I hear games as a service, I think like social services. I think like mm. you know the various various programs that exist, civic programs that that exist for the good of the people. So when I hear games as a service, 
I think it it sounds like you're talking about games that are there that are free that are doing something for you that are giving you something that are helping the community et cetera et cetera et cetera. Whereas that is not what it is. Games as a service is shorthand for a uh, big old ten gallon hat businessman to say uh, this this kind of game is going to keep on giving you money. It's going to keep on giving you cash, buddy. Yeah, I want to play games as a socialism, not games as a giant, giant capitalism. Games, capital G, capitalism. Question number nine. When are video games better for embracing realism, and when are they not? Hmm. Realism is good. I feel like I'm I'm not a big realism fan myself. I, but I think I think that it's it's all contextual. Like it's good for a game to embrace the reality that it has constructed. So within this world, these things make sense, and you have to hold those. Uh-huh. Like a like in Star Trek, if you yeah. uh, if you start breaking them rules, then people notice it real fast. But, oh, they break the Prime Directive like three times a season. Come oh, on. of course. I, but I mean, if 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 they well, but first of all, you notice it when they do that. Um, but they and, don't sometimes. But sure. Yeah, well, that's because, I mean, freaking Star Trek Voyager. Well, let's not get into it. Um, <laughs> no, we're changing the topic of this podcast to Star Trek and the Prime Direct. No, I'm kidding. I thought it was pronounced Star Trek Voyager. Oh, Voyager? <laughs> Welcome back to Insert Trek It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think realism kind of, like... Well, what's realism? Like, if no one wants actual realism. No one wants to watch a movie about people taking a dump. Well, so, some people want people to... just thinking logisticism they want it to look realistic but like that um those recent uh tomb raider games they are they're realistic looking like a lot of the stuff in there is is pretty true to life but things are still fantastical and all the humans are like stylized just enough that you don't have to really think that they're a human and and it, it like skirts the uncanny valley and i think that's sort of that's kind of the ideal scenario where you're not it's clear that you're playing a video game, but it doesn't it doesn't look like something that's trying too hard to be reality. Uh, that's that's where the line goes for me. You know what game was better for realism? In all honesty, maybe this is a, a trite opinion to have is that God darn Death Stranding, man. Mm-hmm. The real the realism in Death Stranding is so cartoonishly, hilariously excellent in contrast to the 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 fantasism of the setting and the 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 bizarre supernaturality and supernature of the plot you've got the hyper realism of having to carry a million boxes up a hill on your back and falling over and dropping them a hundred times that's hilarious uh, to the point where when the game finally gives you a motorcycle uh, that you can then tow a little uh, levitating gravitational sort of hover trailer on the back of it and you're just driving your bike up a hill you just feel like the, the you're like the most powerful person in the world that's good i like that realism yeah, that's pretty good. I feel like for me, video games are I'm I'm more interested in video games as an exploration of a possibility space outside of what I can experience. And so I like I like to go outside of realism where I can. And I, I think Death Stranding is probably a good example of, you know, the the in between space where I mean, basically, as long as it gets me thinking about stuff and thinking about what this world could be like uh the world that i'm playing a game in then then that's enough abstraction for me probably but I, I really i really like to that mass effect game the first one where you get to go around in a space station and just solve diplomat problems and everybody hated it but i i liked that part the most um and stopped playing it after i feel like that kind of thing for me is real good where it can just put me in a in a place that i is impossible for me to be in and i get to 
do realistic things within that space. Um, just another sort of quote unquote realism thing that comes to mind because Death Stranding came up is I don't know if this counts as realism, but I kind of like when games have a really stupid amount of detail that rewards you for thinking of them as realistic places. Yeah. So the famous example in Metal Gear Solid 2 is uh, shooting over the glass of ice and watching the ice melt. Um, I like yeah. stuff like that. I think that's good stuff. But in, that's the same game in the same environment where if you, if snake like touches the poster of a lady, she gets alerted and the guards come get you. So I, I like the mixture there. Yeah, that's pretty good. So Love ice, it. Cups. ice cups is the answer. There we go. Consensus reached. Question number 10 is right now. What is the day the clown cried a video game? <laughs> okay. So this is a locked video game that um, it has not been seen on purpose uh right that and we could we could go further that is probably so bad that it would mortally embarrass everyone involved if people actually saw the work yeah is that did i did i sum up the day the clown cried correctly you absolutely have jerry okay jerry <laughs> man oh. everyone's got a jerry now <laughs> everybody's jerry everybody's got a jerry oh the jerry effect but i guess Jerry Lewis, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Right, that's uh, why that I did was, it. That's what that was. Sorry, I figured it out. Kids <laughs> listening, go go look up The Day the Clown Cried. Um, and Jerry Lewis. Podcast. Yeah, figure, go see who Jerry <laughs> Lewis is. Um, as, like five minutes after he's dead, it'll be on Prime Video, so don't worry. He lives on the uh, Upper East Side of Manhattan. So. Does Jerry Lewis live on the Upper East Side of Manhattan? I don't know, he should. What's Let's it, find out. A, what is a famously canceled game? I mean, no, wait, Jerry uh, Lewis is dead, man. He died. Yeah, he died three years ago. Yeah, he done been dead. Oh, he died I th- Amazon Prime. He died three years and one week ago okay. uh, to the day. He was the king of comedy. He gained his career breakthrough with the singer Dean Martin. You all remember that? I sure, know. they had their own comic book. And he would also work behind the scenes as director, producer, and screenwriter. Appeared in numerous television programs. Performed comedy routines on live stages. Right. You all know yeah. that guy. Tim, are you just reading Wikipedia right now to us? Again? Yeah, um, dude. <laughs> so I guess Shenmue 3 would have been one of these if it hadn't come out recently. I think that's yeah. fair. Um, um, the day the clown I'm, cried was so bad that it would have destroyed the man's reputation. Is that okay, right? I guess Shenmue 3 is not that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I Wait, just keep thinking of like famous ones that isn't, got Isn't there another like, Silicon Knights game that didn't come out, right? Isn't there? Like uh, the <laughs> sequel to to two human to two human three human yeah but the three thing human. is Silicon Knights was never nothing Jerry they were uh, they were never anything right they yeah. made that Eternal Darkness any only posers like that they made uh, this uh, they Eternal got to make darkness. Twin Snakes Metal Gear Solid the Twin Snakes which everybody hates now doesn't everybody hate that game now I don't, I don't know, know. I, they hated I, it back then yeah they hated it back then it's and fine. I think. I think, uh, I mean, whereas Jerry Lewis was, uh, he was in so many things. Yeah, people, people did like, like him. All Wait, right. can I tell a quick, uh, two, I mean, a quick Silicon Knight story? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So Dennis Dyack, his first name is spelled D-E-N-I-S. Dennis. Dennis. Dennis um, <laughs> Jack. And yeah, D-Y-A. Uh, anyway, so I saw him at Dice one time. Oh, D- Dennis Dice. Dennis Dice. The game show. The game event and um they had written his name tag by hand because they uh they didn't have his name in the thing or whatever and uh i was looking at his badge and i was like oh man the 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 first d in dennis in dennis the the vertical part of it is like uh, a little is a little bit long 
Um, mm, like yeah. that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> and so I was looking at it, and then he he like looks at me, and he's holding he's looking at his tag because he's just sat down looking at, it and he's like, oh man. If that, if that uh, vertical line was any longer, my name was be, would be Penis Dyak. And uh, I don't know, it blew my mind that I was looking at that and thinking that. And then he was like... <laughs> he just said it. It, it. it was almost as though he it was the first time face. he thought That's... that uh, his name was similar to Penis. <laughs> like, <laughs> like no one had ever brought it up before. Right, it had never come up. And he I, was like, oh, have, I have my own theory about the day yeah. the clown cried of video games. Let's hear I it. think it's Grand Theft Auto 6. I think the moment Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, the culture has changed so much that people will realize how juvenile the series' sense of humor is, and it's going to be a huge flop, and uh, people are going to get really mad about it. I think the day the clown cried of video games is the, uh, what do you call it, the, the Mario game that Shigeru Miyamoto has been working on all these years. Have you guys heard about this one? No. He's been working on it, and he keeps, he keeps saying it's, it's going to be like the, the Citizen Kane of video games. He's and it's gonna... like it's about Mario and Brooklyn. Have you guys heard about this one? No. Mario is it's about Mario's life in Brooklyn uh-huh. uh, as a uh, just a, a plumber trying to get by. You haven't heard about this? No, I no. Heard about this is the first time hearing of it. Nobody's yeah, willing tell, tell to more. tell us more. No, of, no, nobody's yeah. willing to help me out. <laughs> Did this turn into the improv zone? Um, <laughs> so actually, no. what it's... you're saying is, is actually what I'm thinking, which is let's that design it, the, the the day the clown crowd a video. So it's like Hotel Dusk, but with Mario. Uh, Hotel Sonic, Mario, if you will. Sonic would have, 4 was almost this. It would actually. have to be someone on the Miyamoto level who's only, and that's only Miyamoto, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically it's gotta be Miyamoto, yeah. It, 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 it's some prototype of Miyamoto's that's really embarrassing. Yeah. That's like thematically embarrassing. Um, it wouldn't be gameplay embarrassing, it'd be thematically embarrassing. So but you know, he he talks about his how he gets all these ideas from his wife. So it could be a video game about him and his wife, and it's just like way too way too intimate. He's trying to get really real about it, and uh, and and like yeah, okay, yeah, it's really. It's gonna be him trying to make a realistic like Mario a realistic story about Mario. Oh, I hear a timer going off. Yeah, yeah. I assume that. Okay, can I can I make one request? I want to make a request. This is actually a fun fun thing. Okay, Jeffy, can you bring this question back someday later? I'll put uh, a pin in it. Yeah, just just bring it back later when we're le- when we're least suspecting it. I will have tried to develop something uh, better by then. That's okay. That's what I'm, I I, I want to work on this. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work on now. It. We we have done this once before. Actually, we did this yeah. with the uh, which video game character would make the best roommate. Uh, we're gonna yeah. do this one. We're gonna do this one like fifty episodes from now or something. Yeah, maybe right. not fifty. Maybe I mean keep it fresh enough that, uh, that right. people can people can follow along. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to design too much here. But all uh, right, we should, uh, we should now, think of a name for, now, for this feature. For now, the answer is uh, a Miyamoto game that we've never seen that uh, tells us a little bit too much about uh, his intimate sex life with his wife. <laughs> yeah. Great, uh, yeah. but, it, but it's Mario. But and it's Mario's <laughs> he, he puts on a Mario mask uh, yeah. during okay yeah and Mar- gonna... Mario's wife is just the character we've never seen before it's not Princess Peach or Pauline it's just well, it's, some it's lady. the wife that he left behind yeah. when he <laughs> right. got, got sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom yeah, okay Mamma mia. let's it, go on to the lightning round it's got to be that he thinks this is normal this is what right. relationships are like and it's just like <laughs> oh that's not right that's that's not how this works. Mario ghosted his wife. It's gonna have an ending like Interstellar, where she's a boo. <laughs> she's a Mario, literal Mario, ghost. Mario's trying to yeah. to communicate with his his real wife. 
Why don't we go on to the lightning round? I don't know. I don't want to do this for another half hour. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to work on this one. I'm going to work on it. No, okay. don't even tweet at me. Don't tweet suggestions at me, everybody. I don't need your suggestions. I want to work on this in the dark over here. Okay, right. we'll work on it. Our lightning round is the Dungeons and Dragons alignment chart for video games. Uh, the classic Dungeons and Dragons alignment chart has nine categories along the axes of morality and order. They are lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, lawful neutral, true neutral, chaotic neutral, lawful evil, neutral evil, and chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name each of them, and you're going to tell me which video games fit into those categories. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, before All right. we start, uh, Tim, Tim Rogers, have you played Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, believe it or not, no, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. However, I'm passingly familiar with it. Uh, Brandon Sheffield, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? I have played it two times, um, not by choice. Right. Oh my God! Thanks for the apology. Yes. What's your question? Have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, it turns out no, I, I have not. So this should be All good. Right. Well, this should be with the alarm chart, right? That's yeah. I think that's the most dream. Uh, yeah, everybody knows that bit. Yeah. It's a touchstone, and I know neutral, what a is. lawful, neutral, chaotic. Uh, we'll start with lawful good. What are the lawful good video games? Super Mario. Is Mario Super Mario lawful good? Well, mm. no, no, he, he has some. You're right. He's got some uh, some crankiness uh, to him. Yeah, he, he jumps up with gold for no reason sometimes. Okay. Um, I mean, there's we can go we can go literal. We can go Police Quest, which is a game where you have to follow police procedures or you yeah. die. You are but as we cops. discussed, that might be lawful neutral. A digital cop is still a cop, so yeah, yeah I guess yeah. that's lawful neutral or lawful evil even. So, so does that mean lawful good does good that's better than the rules? Wait, wait, it's a uh, it's um it's Phoenix Wright. Ah, yes, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that neutral yeah. good. Neutral good. Neutral, neutral good, good is someone who doesn't care so much about the law so long as the the good happens. Um, we're just saying this out Super loud. Mario. Sure. God, you got yeah. Mario. Mario's got to be on there somewhere. Chaotic yeah. good. Okay. Chaotic uh, good. Someone like uh, Sonic and Plank. Is, is, a, what, what's that? Uh, a, a Sonic game that has those chaos emeralds in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it so Sonic. Knuckles chaotic. Yeah, I love that one. Sure. That's a, that's a game <laughs> about two characters connected together by a, a string. Mm-hmm. That's a stranded to... game. That's a bit of a strando, yeah. yeah. Lawful neutral. Lawful neutral. Shoot. I what are some games police... that are just about rules? Well, that's that's police. Oh, no, actually, like the Sim, uh, not the Sims, uh, Sim City, sort of. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. Sim City. I like Tetris, that. man. True neutral. Tetris is, too, is true yeah, neutral. Yeah, that's Tetris. Yeah. yeah. Chaotic neutral. That is Katamari Damashi. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Lawful evil. Lawful evil. Police quest. (laughs) Yeah. Call of duty. Call of duty. Call of duty. Lawful evil. Yeah. Yeah. Neutral evil. Oh, Newt Eve. Um, Um, I don't really understand these. Yeah, I don't know. Doom. Is Doom? Doom's not. uh, Doom's not an evil game. No, but like the only thing you can do in it is kill. That's true. And, but you're and, killing demons. That's like a double negative. Well, right. So that isn't that neutral? I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. You know what? Yeah, let's put Doom there. Okay. And finally, Chaotic Evil. Uh, well, I was going to say Grand Theft Auto is not really... Sonic 2006. <laughs> uh, chaotic Evil is... Uh, so it's, it's got to be something like a Katamari where you're just doing weird stuff to the whole world, right? Yeah. Man, I'm looking at all these Resident Evil games here and realizing that they're not Chaotic Evil, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, 
when I play theme park, it's very chaotic evil. Yeah, that's like a good answer. One of those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. That vampire game, I feel like that would have been that one. Actually, might be neutral evil vampire. You, that's it's a game where you're a vampire and you have you have to suck people's blood to to live, but you can mm-hmm. you can really try to only suck bad people's blood. But sometimes you need to get a good person because you have to stay alive. Sure, Brandon, were you the one who said Phoenix right for lawful good? Yeah, it was me. Okay, so you won the episode because that really impressed me. Uh, congratulations! You get to come up with the first question for next week's episode. Uh, until then, do we have any plugs or recommendations for our audience? Oh, I got some. Ooh, plugs! Go for it. Yeah, I got I got three. Let me do three. Okay. All right. So first, I have a recommendation for a specific kind of person. I am recommending the movie uh, First Love 2019 for anyone who wonders whether famed grindhouse-ish director Takashi Miike can still make an entertaining film with bad actors and only the first half of an idea for a script? And the the answer is yes. So that's cool. Give that one a good, uh, a look. Another one is the movie Royal Warriors starring Michelle Yeoh. Uh, I don't know if any of you have had this experience where like you watch a movie later in life and then you you think, wow, if I had seen this movie when I was 12, I would be exactly the same person that I am now. Um, because <laughs> because this movie is so exactly how I think now that it would have it would have I would have just been exactly the same except when people ask me what movies I had seen ten times that movie would be, that would in be there. one of them yeah because it, it's like cool martial arts um, like tons of classic cars there's a Mitsubishi um, Forte in there there's oh, a, yeah. the first first gen Honda Prelude is in there there's a, a battle those Mitsubishi's in, a, in those those yeah. movies. There's a uh, there's a, a battle that takes place in a club that's full of neon and dry ice and stuff. It's just like, you know, all all the hits are there. Um, it's got uh, Hiroyuki Sonata doing awesome martial arts next to Michelle Yeoh. Every battle has a gimmick. That movie rules. OK, and my final recommendation is uh, that Moon just came out on Nintendo Switch. Give that one a look. All right. Give it a look. I want to go ahead and recommend something. I, I, I've been... Uh... I, I've been hesitant to recommend things at the end of the show for a while because I've been in a in a, a sort of a place where I've not been able to enjoy anything. However, I just got my computer out of my storage unit two days ago and uh, Ubered it up over here, uh, lifted it, didn't Uber it. And uh, I'm going to tell you what I did after sitting at my computer at this 72 uh, inch folding table I bought off of Amazon. And I got my computer all set up, my microphone. You're listening to me live. Uh, this is the real sound. Basically what I did, I'm sitting in front of my computer and I got my Gigabit Fios, my Fat Pipes. I downloaded Death Stranding, Horizon Zero Dawn, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, I'm just downloading all the games and I'm like, what am I going to do to relax at my computer? And I fired up something I've been firing up for a while, just every time I'm at my computer and I need to chill. And uh, one of the one of the, the the songs from this particular thing I'm about to recommend has 31 million views on YouTube. And I feel like 30 million of those are me. So this is my mainstream recommendation of the week is to somehow obtain the uh, Sheena Ringo Blu-ray Hyaki Yakol, which is a a concert that she did in 2015 that was released on Blu-ray in 2017. It's my favorite thing to watch when I want to chill out. And it was the first piece of media I decided to engage with on my PC once reunited after two months of not having my PC. One of my favorite things to watch. A lot of it is on YouTube. So try to find it. The end. Thank you. Thank you. I have a recommendation. Yeah. Real simple one. Um, <laughs> the Nintendo DS. 
I dug mine out of the garage. It's pretty cool. I like and it. dudes. And uh yes, rules. Further, I would recommend just go and getting yourself a flash cart because they're literally ten dollars right now. Mm-hmm. You just get a flash cart for ten dollars and you can just play whatever DS crap you want. You could just experiment with weird stuff. You could just uh, what's imagine babies? I don't know. Let's find out. You could just do that. Have you messed with imagine babies? Not I worked yet. on th- I worked on three DS games. You could play all those. Actually, yeah, no four. Uh, you in case on, you're not, which three DS games did you work on? Oh, uh, well, Barnyard Big Boy. <laughs> I, I worked on um, Barnyard Blast, uh, Moon. I guess Mountain I also Duke Barnyard Blast. Yeah, Barnyard Blast. I worked Duke a little Blast. bit on um, that game, Dementium: The Ward Two. Oh, or maybe it was the first one. And then uh, I can't remember now. And then I also worked on a DSiWare game that nobody can get hold of. Which okay, is okay, uh, but those Texas are all Hold. Nintendo DS games. Which no, Nintendo 3DS games did you work on? God darn it! Oh, oh, I'm not 3DS. Why, why, why are you changing the subject? God darn all it! Right. No, it's because I said I worked on 3DS games. Oh, 3DS. Kaboom! I chose okay. to ignore that. Ten bucks. <laughs> ten bucks. You can you can go on to Newegg.com and if you want. And get a ten dollar DS flashcard. They're just you know why I call it the Nintendo dudes. It's because Christian uh, called it the Nintendo dudes because when you You look at the top, when you look at the logo, it says Nintendo, and And then then there's yeah, there's two two screens, and then under like adjacent to the bottom screen, there's the DS. It looks like the two screens are two O's, so it looks like it says Nintendo dudes. I bet there's some (laughs) YouTube channel with like twenty million subscribers called the Nintendo dudes. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, I don't want to know. Well, I've got some recommendations of my own to make. Yeah. If I may be afforded the space. Therefore, our listeners, uh, I would recommend that they go over to iTunes or Stitcher or any platform where they can rate or review podcasts and leave a nice one for us or subscribe to us through those feeds. It's a great way to increase the visibility of the show. Or you could just tell a friend about it old style, like if you're calling somebody on the phone. Uh, like <laughs> that's our official recommended right. way of, of helping yeah. us out is call people on the phone. Yeah, yeah, just call just cold, cold call, just cold call facts. everybody you know, and t- tell them about this podcast you heard. Uh, you could go to Patreon.com/slash Insert Credit. You could subscribe at any level and submit your own questions. Get episodes one day early. One and day early. One day early, Jerry. And exclusive access to bonus recordings made from parts before, between, and after episodes where we just hang out and talk about stuff. It's the hot dog version of the podcast. You can talk about the episodes yourself or any other video game podcast that, uh, video game topics, not podcasts. This <laughs> don't talk about, talk about other. No, there are no other video game podcasts. Uh, never, you can never. talk about any video game podcast. I said it again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can talk about any video game topics you like at forums.insertcredit.com. You can also talk about podcasts, but not video game podcasts. Except this. Uh, The more granular or obscure the subject matter, the better. You can follow us on Twitter, where we're hanging out all the time. The show is at insertcredit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Defaldi. Defaldi is spelled D I F A L. (laughs) <laughs> I had to think about that. I really like that dramatic pause. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> Tim is at 108. Brandon is at Necrosofty. That ends with a Y, not an R. Uh-huh. E. This show's editor is Blaine Brown, with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi. Uh I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I'm going to try a new sign-off. How about, see you later, emulator? Oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> Oh, no. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> not doing that one again. It's all the same, only the names have changed.